It's that time again, Mitch Michaels here, the Money Mitch Effect, new episode, Friday's show. A lot to talk about in the world of football. First, Joe Crisali is going to come on, talk college football as we preview conference championship weekend. A lot to discuss there as the final playoff ranking is about 48 hours away. So we are getting ready for college football to reach its climax. A lot to discuss in that avenue. And then Adam Musto is going to come on and talk NFL football. We look at what the Cowboys did in the Vikings last night. Just squeaking by, but getting their 11th straight win. And then week 13, we look ahead. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. A lot to discuss there. Some previews, some picks. We go over the betting lines and much more. It's the Money Mitch Effect Friday show. Here we go. All right, now joining the program to talk some college football. Joe Crisali, Joe, repping the Rangers shirt and oh, repping yeah. Movember too, it looks like. Absolutely. The program. So we're going to get into the rankings. The last time we talked about college football on this show, when all the carnage was you know, still being picked apart. Now we have the playoff rankings. We're on the eve of the start of a big championship weekend, conference championship weekend. A lot to still be decided. We'll go right now with the playoff ranking. And, Joe, it's interesting because Alabama 1, Ohio State 2 didn't change. Clemson and Washington leapfrog Michigan to get to 3 and 4. But that's it for Michigan. They just dropped down to 5. Wisconsin, Penn State 6 and 7. They play this weekend in the Big Ten title game with Colorado, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State rounding out the playoff ranking. And, Joe, I'll ask you this first. Michigan only at 5. A lot of people kind of wrote them off the second they lost that Ohio State game. Is it possible they could still make the playoff? I think it's possible. First of all, going back to that game, I don't think <laughs> they lost that game. Okay. That was not a first down. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's, Go ahead. It's, po- it's possible <laughs> they make the playoff. Washington, I don't think, belongs in there. Who have they beaten? I mean, who they lost to? They had, they, had, they had one test. They had to beat USC, and they couldn't even beat USC. And USC now ranked 11, and they lost that one game. Doesn't make any sense to me. This is where we might differ. I think Washington knows that they handle business. They're in. They're not going to be bumped out of one loss conference champion. As bad as that conference is, we saw with Florida State two years ago, the year after they won the title. They won their conference, they belonged in there, and then they got stopped out by Oregon in the actual playoff. But I think Washington. If they handle business. And Clemson, who has a, a tricky Virginia Tech team, I wouldn't say a, a very tough Virginia Tech team, but they can, they've can. they been you know, a little Jekyll and Hyde. They've put on some good games. They've had some duds. If both those teams win, they're in. You have the Ohio State that should be in. But, Joe, if one or two of those teams lose, Clemson or Washington, then we got chaos on our hands because then you're going to have to debate which two of three possible Big Ten teams probably get in. Yeah, well... Washington coming up against Colorado, that's a game that they very well could lose. Colorado we can get into as well. They have a worse resume than Washington. They do. They haven't, be, they haven't beaten anyone either. Their best thing that they can put their hat on is not getting completely dismantled by Michigan. With all due respect to the Big 12, those teams don't have a chance. The winner will be at that you know 7 or 8 range. Imagine where Oklahoma State would be had that touchdown been reversed earlier in the season. So here's my thing. And... And I'm not trying to bash on Oklahoma State or friend of the program, Rob Crowder, who has his thoughts on this, which I respect. But the other loss that people aren't talking about, Joe, to Baylor, who can't beat anybody right now. 
I don't think the Big 12 was going to get in. Oklahoma having lost two national stage games at the beginning of the year and not looking good in either of them. They were touted to be they were touted to be number one, number two. The yeah. beginning of the season, everybody said Baker Mayfield was going to take over and Oklahoma was going to be the team that everyone was going to have to beat. But you look at Alabama at the top and who beats them? Well, that's the thing about Bama, Joe. They can lose this week and still make the playoff. I don't They'll think still they be will. First. But the, yeah, well, yeah. It doesn't necessarily matter. I think the rest of the teams, two and three, Ohio State, Clemson, or, or Washington, they don't want to play Bama in the first round regardless of what they do. Nobody wants to play Bama ever. This weekend. But would you really take Michigan over a, I guess it's with Ohio State too, but if it comes down to Michigan versus the Big Ten championship winner, would you take Michigan in that scenario for the playoff? Uh, As a fan, I'd like to see Michigan in. I'm not a Michigan fan, but as a college football fan, I'd want to see Michigan in there. As far as the other two teams, what do they have to offer? You know, the funny thing is Michigan beat both those teams. Yeah. So that's part of it. And I know conference title games should matter, but are they really the best teams? Did some fluke in the schedule? Ohio State loses to Penn State. But they beat Michigan. Penn State gets beat handily by Michigan. And because Michigan dropped the game to Iowa, the tiebreaker goes to Penn State. Michigan's lost two conference games. And as someone that doesn't like Michigan, I wouldn't be sad to not see them in there. And, and as the case with any of these teams, Joe, they didn't handle their business. So if they don't make it, it's all on them. That includes what would be an all-time shocker if Ohio State drops out of the top five, which I don't see happening. They can still point back to the loss to Penn State not making the conference title game. But the point I'm trying to make is that you handle your business, you're fine. Michigan had those opportunities that they let squander. I know the game could have gone either way with Ohio State, not to you know, re-harp on that. The spots, the penalties, how about the turnovers? How about the fumble inside the five? How about the interception pick sixes? There's a lot of instances There's that would have changed the game. It's There's not just lot. one. No. Yeah. But getting back to that debate, I just don't know if Wisconsin or Penn State is a lock if they win. It almost I get the sense that it's an audition type game, like Ohio State Wisconsin three you know two years ago, where if they kill them, if one of these teams wins by like thirty points, then that's a resume builder. But if it's an ugly, cliche Big Ten game, kind of boring, then I think Michigan's alive and kicking. There's still one more week, though. There's so much that could happen. Say Clemson loses, right. Washington loses. Do Michigan and Wisconsin or Penn State both get in if they win? And then you just basically just have Alabama and then the Big Ten in there? I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know that you could put three big, big Ten teams in there. Yeah, it's Alabama takes a tour of the Big Ten. I don't know. Three Big Ten teams seems like it's a bit much for me. But it, what happens if Washington loses and Clemson loses? Now, I don't... I don't know that I see either of those things happening. It could happen, but, hey, there's a lot to be decided there. It's funny how we're at this place where I think everything could line up perfectly or it could just go to trash right away. It's interesting. I like this, and I like the fact that there's four teams. I keep hyping on it. I don't want to expand to eight. I think four is fine. I feel like I feel like they're going to expand, and I. Oh yeah, that's a different debate. I think they're going. To I want to. I want to see it. All these teams, they deserve to get in, regardless of. Whoever sits in their room and decides this team is ranked five, six, seven, or eight, there should be a tournament. Granted, it shouldn't be yeah. a sixty-four team NCAA basketball tournament, but there should still be more teams. Well, you know, there's going to be people arguing whether it's teams nine and ten or teams five and six. Whoever didn't make it, wherever you put the cutoff line, there's always going to be teams arguing, saying we should have been in. You know, we should have been 
the next team up. But yeah, I don't know. But one last thing on this though. If we're really talking about, you mentioned as a fan, Michigan, like you want to see them in probably because you think they're better than Wisconsin and Penn State. And I would agree with that. Then I want USC in there. <laughs> they're number 11. I know they have three yeah. losses, but if we're talking on the field right now, I'd put them in my top five. I really would in terms of what they're what they're able to do. It just stinks they got that third loss. Right. And they don't deserve to be in the playoff rankings as it is, but... If we were doing an impartial who are the best teams, I think a lot of people would put USC higher than that 11 ranking. I'd have to agree with you there. I really do. So still talking with Joe Crusoe on the Money Mitch effect. As we go forward into college football, I want to bring up the other interesting debate before we look ahead to some of these conference championship games. So we were talking about this before. Last week, the highest non-Power 5 team in the college football playoff rankings were Western Michigan and Boise State. Boise State having lost. Now, this is important because if you're the best team in the rankings, in a non-Power 5, you get a New Year's Day Bowl. You get to play in the Cotton Bowl. Houston was in the mix. They lost to Memphis. Now Navy, who plays in the conference championship game of the AAC against Temple, is two spots behind Western Michigan in the playoff ranking. This is a big dilemma, Joe, because Western Michigan, if they were to lose or somehow stumble, Navy wins in in their championship game against Temple... The playoff committee, the bowl committee, I should say, would have to wait an entire week before they can make all their arrangements. Just a mess. Now, I'm always one for chaos here, but this is going to be an interesting debate because I think Navy belongs if they win out and if Western Michigan stumbles, even if Western Michigan wins lacklusterly. Because you talk about Joe not beating anyone, look at Western Michigan's schedule and it's just pretty bare. They haven't beaten anybody. But <laughs> Navy, Navy has beaten UConn. And that's, oh, a big win. Yeah. that's a big win. Oh, yeah. Alma mater there. Now, I know Navy has a couple losses. But the wins over Houston, the wins <laughs> went over UConn. But, and winning their conference <laughs> might be enough to push them a little further. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here because you'd essentially have teams that can't get their bowl bits. The trickle-down effect is going to be enormous from this. I love the Army-Navy game, and I love the fact that it's the week after, and I think it's actually good that one of these teams, I mean, Army's been pretty bad for a while, and they've gotten known in this rivalry, but one of these teams is actually good enough to where they're in this discussion. It's been a long time. Could you only could you imagine if Navy was a top-six team, undefeated, had some big wins, and we had to wait until the Army game That'd for them crazy. to clinch their playoff spot? That would make that game even more interesting <laughs> to watch than it already is. I know. I, that's... And that's part of the thing with the playoff ranking. I get both sides of it. I get that it's easy to just kind of wait. The other thing, too, was Keenan Reynolds last year, the year he had. I'm not saying he deserved the Heisman, but, okay, he was probably in that top 10 ranking, and all the invites come before his final game of the year. So yeah, it, look at him now. Yeah, and look at him now. <laughs> but so the point that I'm trying to make is that Western Michigan, a loss there, another domino effect could could be a disaster. And the quote I heard from the bowl committee was, we don't want to sound un-American, but everyone in here is rooting against Navy this week to lose the Temple, who, hey, Temple on Temple's their head. a good team. Maybe they slip into the rankings if Western were to lose in typical 2016 college football fashion. There's a lot that could happen within this next week, but the top team will be there. We're going to have to watch Alabama again and <laughs> probably the national championship game. Probably. This is as good as they've looked. And we'll get to them in in just a few moments. But I want to start the college football championship preview, the conference preview, with the Friday afternoon game on the West Coast, the Mid-American Conference, some action. 
Well, they got their conference championship game. It's Western Michigan taking on the Ohio Bobcats. Western Michigan opens a huge favorite. I think 24 points is what I'm seeing on the lines. And it's hard to argue why. This is a very dominant team. But do you think, actually the lines moved down to about 18, but do you think there's any chance the Bobcats can pull off the upset? There's always a chance. There's always a chance for the underdog team. Everybody roots for the underdog team. I mean, 17 and a half points is a lot to be not favored by, but I can see it happening just because it's college football and crazy stuff happens all the time. So It's a big game, and you said Western Michigan doesn't have a lot of experience in that big game environment. I think week one, Northwestern, which didn't really pan out, but that was the first game, a Big Ten game. You weren't sure what you were going to get. Since then, it's been all gravy for Western Michigan. They're a top 15 team on offense in the season, Joe, but they're number two on third down conversion. So they just stay on the field. And their turnover margin is tied for first in the country with Washington, another team we'll get to in a second. This is a team that capitalizes off of big plays. For Ohio, they're going to need to score because Western Michigan's defense isn't that great. Put some touchdowns up, get Western to take field goals instead of touchdowns. The other thing, too, and... and and I'm, I'll always use this narrative this time of year. P.J. Fleck, Western Michigan's coach. Maybe he's thinking about some other jobs. Maybe people have called him. Maybe there's the distraction factor. It's hard, man. And it's hard to also put into perspective what's going through the Western Michigan players' locker room, knowing that we're one game away from playing on New Year's Day. Maybe they kind of overlook a Bobcats team that has kind of meddled through the season. I don't know. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, but it's Mac football. Anything's possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ohio, I don't <laughs> I know. know. They worked into the top. They worked into our show. we got to give them credit for that. The Bobcats have made it. Hey, they, play, they played Tennessee this year pretty tough for a lot of that game in Knoxville. Ohio did. I think Western Michigan's going to win. I, I don't know that they cover 18 points. But, hey, this is a dynamic team, Western Michigan, we're getting to see. And maybe, at the very least, Joe, we can see Western Michigan play somebody now on New Year's Day and see exactly how good they are. That's a funny thing. You see a team from a not-so-great conference come in and just get obliterated by a team like, say, USC. Like, oh, we got to play, you gotta <laughs> oh, play, you gotta play these yeah, guys geez. now. Oh, well, hey, the last time a team from the MAC got this ball, it was Northern Illinois against Florida State. And they got destroyed. <laughs> and Jordan Lynch tried to play running back in the NFL immediately after that game. So, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you, Bobcat Nation. But I don't know. It could be a long day against Western Michigan. The other Friday night game, I mentioned that team, Washington. The Huskies versus the Colorado Buffaloes in the Pac-12 title game. I'll be the first to admit, I wanted the rematch. I was rooting for Utah Joe to beat Colorado because I wanted to see SC give Washington a chance to avenge that loss and SC a chance to vault themselves back higher into the playoff ranking. But was not to be. The Buffaloes complete the unbelievable turnaround from a season ago, and they get in this title game against Washington. Now, do you think, Joe, that this game, Washington, from their perspective, is this a statement game? Is winning going to be enough to solidify their playoff hopes, or do they really need to put it on the Buffaloes? I think if they win, they're in. There's no way around it. They're already ranked four. You're not going to put a team like Michigan or Wisconsin or Penn State in front of them if you already have them in the four spot if they win. But I want to see Colorado win just just because, like you, I want to see the chaos. Of what Colorado, Colorado can win this game. They move the ball pretty well on offense. And what I've noticed as well is their red zone defense is very, very good. 
Their defense isn't spectacular. There's not many in the Pac-12 that can hang their hats on a spectacular defense, but I like the fact that they dig deep on the other end of the field. In the last couple weeks, Colorado, after the USC loss, which was, they played them tough, tougher than Washington, still lost. But they've kind of dug in. They beat Washington State. They beat Utah. They were facing games where they knew they had to win out to get to this game, and they were able to do it. But I keep coming back to Washington. Browning, Jake Browning is probably going to be a Heisman finalist. This Purple Rain defense is spectacular. I don't know. I don't know, Joe. I think Washington is probably going to win this game. As much as I want chaos, all the numbers and all the all the stats are pointing towards the Huskies winning this game. I mean, you game. play fantasy football. You can't go by all the numbers and all the stats all the time. It's a, little, it's it's a guessing true. game. But I, I mean, go resume, too. I mean, Colorado's is weaker than Washington. So Both lost to USC. They did. So, I mean, Jake Browning, Colorado's going to have to stop him. He's got 40 touchdowns to only seven picks on the year. He's a great player. Like you said, he's going to be a Heisman finalist. I don't think he gets a Heisman, but... Oh, no. I mean, that race is over. <laughs> it's been over for a long time. Yeah. But no, I, I like what they're able to do. I think this is... I don't know if that USC game was just a disaster, if they were thoroughly outclassed. They did not play well. But the way they responded last week against Washington State, I know Washington State's had their ups and downs, but they came in right away and just ended it quickly. They got the offense going. I think that's what they're going to try to do in this game. I think Washington comes out going for the throw early. They didn't do that against SC, and they were never able to get going on offense. Colorado, great story. I just don't know that they're there yet. This is one year. They've been awful for the last couple of years. I, I want to give them a little more time before I'm ready to say Pac-12 champions. They just seem like the Cinderella team that you root for that <laughs> is just not going to give it to you in the end. Doesn't seem that way. So it looks like we're both leaning in Washington. With our picks, maybe not so what we want to happen. They're still talking college football with Joe Crisali on the Money Mitch effect. All right, let's get into the SEC title game as we move towards Saturday. Alabama, Florida. <laughs> Florida in the SEC title game. And I almost got that through without laughing, but Florida is in the title game. They beat LSU. They lose to Florida State last week. That didn't matter. They're playing Bama, and Bama currently sitting in 24-point favorites in the conference Double championship it. games. Double it. You think they win by 48? That's not even going to be close. Like, I think they know, Saban, as much as he won't admit it, that even if they lose, they're still in the playoff. And as much as Saban will try to grill that into his team, we have not accomplished anything yet. We're playing to win this game. It might creep in the back of their mind that we don't need to go 100% full bore to win this game. Now, what I think is going to happen, and I'll let you chime in after this, I think Bama has a sluggish first half. And by sluggish, they're probably only up seven, maybe 10, I don't know. Like a 17-9, you know, 13-6, something boring. And then they wake up, and then they put it on them like they do all second halves where they just run away. I see Bama winning. 24, though, is a lot of points in this game that's not necessarily a must-win. I'd say about 21 to 28 range, Bama's going to win. But it, in my opinion, won't be their best performance of the year. Well, they're coming off that Auburn win. <laughs> War Eagle. But I thought Auburn right. was going to have a good chance to win that game. They, have, they had a good defense. They shut them down for the first half, and then, like you said, they just came out in the second half, and that they were a totally different team. Well, that's the, the theme this year, and that's the uh, Sean Sullivan referred to as crockpotting teams, where their defense, Alabama's defense is unbelievable. unbelievable. They played great all season. The offense, though, you're right. Like in last week, they, it took a while to get going. They just, if Florida wants to win, they need to do to Alabama in the second half what Auburn did to them in the first half. 
Yeah, you got to get a lead, and even that might not be enough. Ole Miss was up 21-3 to in their game, and Bama came back. But you have to jump on them early. Florida has a top-10 defense in the country, so maybe that can get them going. But the other thing Florida has is an offense that's all over the place and a propensity to, we saw in the Tennessee game, give up mass amounts of points and commit mass amounts of turnovers in a short period of time. If you do that against Alabama, you should just warm you know, the buses up and, and get back to Gainesville. Too many turnovers is going to – Alabama's just – they're going to take care of all those. They're going to clean up, and they're just going to score points off of any turnover. It's just – it's crazy. The Alabama reference to how they would beat the Cleveland Browns is like <laughs> – People are thinking about it more now, though, than they have. And I think it's because, in my opinion, this is Saban's best Bama team. It could be. As far as quarterback, though, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe last year when they – or two years ago when they had uh, Karen, Karen. Yeah, Karen. Not last year was uh, what I can't even think of the guy's Co- name. Coker. Coker. Jake yeah, that's Coker. how relevant he was to them winning. Mm. But the defense is pretty good. I think this has the potential to be as good of any as any team that Saban's ever had. And while they don't have to win this game, they're probably going to do it in very dominant fashion because that's just what they do. They beat who's in front of them and they do it dominatingly. So. It just sucks saying that. It's been nine years. I just years. want somebody else. Like, I just want somebody else. Huh? Alabama's been at the top for... Nick Saban's been there for nine years. It's When is it going to end? When are they going to stop getting big prospects? When are they going to stop having... Like, if someone gets injured on their roster, like, say their best safety goes out. Like in the game against Auburn, their best safety got hurt. Oh, it's fine. We'll just pick another five-star recruit off the sidelines and throw him in there. It'll be uh, fine. We need, like, a go- we need to get, you know, a task force to investigate. That's the only way. I, I would trust investigating what goes on in the program <laughs> more so than any team being them because they're just too good. They're just too good. It's tough to say, but we have to move on now to the Big Ten title game, Wisconsin and Penn State. I saw that stat the other day, too, or I shouldn't say stat. I saw the graphic. Ticket prices in Indianapolis are dwindling because nobody wanted this game. A lot of Ohio State-Michigan supporters upset that their team aren't isn't in the game. Wisconsin-Penn State, not the main attraction that they thought they'd be getting, but here we are. And these are still two top eight teams, two top seven teams in the country. First for Wisconsin, Joe, defensively, very stout, have shown the ability to play with and keep any game close, but they're not an explosive offense. Do you think that's going to help or hurt them in a game against a Penn State team that's come on firing in the last two months of the season? I think their their offense is good enough. Clement, they have good Ogan Bawale, whatever you pronounce that guy's name. <laughs> yeah. they, have a, they have good running backs. Their quarterback does enough. He doesn't make all the throws, but he hangs in there, and he, he does what he needs to do. As far as Penn State goes, I had no idea, or I didn't think that they were going to be up here at the, end, at the end. And as far as Penn State, I don't even think they should have a team after okay, those well, things before. We can, we can save that debate for another time. <laughs> uh, James Franklin has done a great job. Paul Chris as well at Wisconsin. Those are two of my front runners for coach of the year, given how well they've done. First on Wisconsin, defensively, the way they were able to limit and pretty much hinder the offenses they played, I don't know if there's been a better job outside of Alabama collectively on the season, Joe, from a defense. LSU week one, Leonard Fournette pretty much shut him down, win that game. They played Michigan tough, 14-7 loss at the big house. And then the Ohio State game in overtime that could have gone either way. Defensively with T.J. Watt, with some of their big-time players, they could keep in any game. Penn State's offense has gotten a lot better in the last couple weeks of the season. And you do wonder if 
they beat Ohio State in that game, if that got the juices flowing, if that got them better off. But if you're asking me for my pick in this game, I like the Badgers. I think Wisconsin's going to win this game. I don't think this is going to be a pretty game. And as good a job as Penn State's done in the last couple weeks, since the Ohio State game, the schedule's opened up for them. They beat down Iowa. You can't take anything away from that, and Iowa's looked better. But it was a favorable bounce. Michigan losing is the reason why they're in this game. I think I like the Badgers here. They've been more consistent. I have to agree with you on that. I'm picking the Badgers in this game. You're looking at it, like you said before, Wisconsin, has they have a good shutdown defense. They're 57th in the nation, yards allowed per game. Penn State's 38th. That's like macho versus macho. You know, and, the yard, and the yard thing you brought up, it's, it's good, not great, but you watch Wisconsin play. They get off the field. They don't allow touchdowns. They're bend but don't break defense to steal a cliche. I'll take the more consistent team in this scenario, a team that is more battle-tested. Wisconsin, they beat Iowa, who beat Michigan, like you said earlier in the show, and that could be a deciding point if, say, Washington loses and it's deciding between Michigan and Wisconsin. I think at that point, if Washington loses and you're deciding between putting in Michigan and Wisconsin, because Wisconsin will have won the championship, they should be the team that's in. My favorite part about this, because if Wisconsin, I, I like Wisconsin more than the overall arching resume, and I've heard both sides about Penn State, where if they win the conference, they beat Ohio State, they have that head-to-head win over them. They also got drubbed by Michigan. That could hurt them in the head-to-head versus a Michigan team. On the flip side of that, Wisconsin doesn't have the flashy win that Penn State does. But I'll take, again, in that same debate, I'll take the more consistent team. I would like Wisconsin's resume a little better. But, hey, a win here, and you're right in the thick of the discussion, practically on the door, knocking, trying to get into the playoff picture. Would you put, say Penn State beats Wisconsin, and we both think Wisconsin's going to win this game. Say Penn State beats Wisconsin. Would you put them in over Michigan if Washington loses? Penn State beats Wisconsin, would I put them in over Michigan? Yes, I would. And I don't think they're a better team. I would not put Michigan in for being third in their own conference. Losing that second game to, losing that game to Iowa really was one that they needed to get back. A killer. And yeah, in that situation, I wouldn't. Head-to-head's there, but there's more. You have a conference champion versus a team that didn't even come in the top two in their conference. That's just how it happens. Whether you think they're the better team or not, if you lose the game, you lose the game. And anything's up for grabs. And I will say about Ohio State, their resume does speak volumes because they have wins over four of the top ten, top twelve right now. You know, And depending on what happens with wins over Michigan, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, I don't know what's gonna what you could possibly do in that in that situation. I don't think those top three teams, Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, I don't think they get touched out. It's just if Washington loses, that four spies is going to be a claw. Before we get to Clemson, I want to talk about that Big 12 game. And it's fitting because in a year where it's been chaos, it's been unpredictable, Joe, we have a Big 12 game on the last week of the season. They don't have a conference title game, but this became a conference title game, a winner-take-all game, based on the fact that both of these teams are at the top of the conference. Oklahoma Undefeated in conference play, Oklahoma State one loss. Who do you think has the edge in this game? Oklahoma toting Baker Mayfield undefeated in conference play. Do you like them or do you like what Oklahoma State Mike Gundy has been able to do with his offense? Per Rob Crowder, I'm cheering for Oklahoma State, but I don't think they can beat Oklahoma in this game. Those are your words or Rob's? No, for like four Rob Crowder. (laughs) I was like, wow, he's really pessimistic. I'm with you. I would like to see Oklahoma State win this game. 
but I don't think they will. They just don't have enough going for them on, on offense. It's, you know what? I, they don't I have would, a thousand I would, say, I, would say, I, I would say offensively, they can score on this Oklahoma defense. I think they can get to 30. Their defense is a bad at times. Texas Tech gashed them. Baylor put on a clinic uh, on them on offensively. And we could go back to that game against Central Michigan and the play and what, what should have happened. But they've given up 30-plus to that team at home, too. They're a team that gets that gets torched on defense, and Baker Mayfield is hitting his stride. Him and his receiving core are doing great things. I like this Oklahoma team to win this game, Joe, but two years ago, Oklahoma State won the game just to get bowl eligible. If you're looking at it from Oklahoma State's standpoint, they don't turn the ball over very much. Rudolph's only got four picks on the season. So if they, great, can, yeah. if they can do that, if they can stay consistent and not turn the ball over, they're, they'll be in good shape. I just... I just don't see it because Oklahoma, everyone had them at the top of the rankings beginning of the season, and granted now they're they're lower, ninth in the rankings, but they're still top ten, and they're still a really good team, so I, I just don't see Oklahoma State overcoming them. Well, and there's some good receivers in this game, if I have it right. Day Westbrook for Oklahoma has been filthy all year. Uh, 15 touchdowns? Just <laughs> ridiculous. Is that Washington for Oklahoma State? I think we have two of the three. Uh, James Washington. Yeah, yeah, Washington. I think we have two of the three Blitnikoff finalists for top receiver in the country in this game. I just like Oklahoma here, and, and I hate tying my wagons to Bob Stoops in a big game because he probably could blow it. But yeah. Oklahoma State, they know how to breed receivers. Look at the ones that have come out in the past. I mean, they know how to breed talented receivers that have some trouble following the uh, rules, the rules, <laughs> the law, what, yeah. what have you. But no, they, there's some playmakers here. Oklahoma State has a chance. I'm, I'm leaning Oklahoma in this game. I hope we see a lot of points. I think we will see a lot of points. Well, and one note on that. So Oklahoma is 11-point favorite at home. I think that's a little high of a line. I would bet on Oklahoma State in this game. But an over-under of 76.5? 76.5. So what are we saying? 42-34? <laughs> They're 42-35, and you cover that. I think that's accurate, honestly. It's pretty. Uh, I don't know. I can see that many uh, points. Yeah, that's uh, talking me into it. Wow. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, that might be an over game. It could be a lot of offense early. That's the early game. So, talking college football with Joe Crisali on the Money Mitch Effect. Clemson to go to the playoff has to beat Virginia Tech in the ACC title game. Not gonna be close. Really? Okay. Now this is where I'll disagree. I think Clemson wins. I think it is gonna be a close game. It was close last year when they played a North Carolina team that wasn't very good. I'm, I'm not sold on Clemson. I'll be the first to admit that. And I don't think Virginia Tech's that good, and I don't think they're going to win the game. But Clemson is a 10-point favorite in this game, only a 10-point favorite. Their schedule, they, they have some impressive wins, Joe, but they could have lost about four games this year. So while the pit game didn't go their way, they got some fortuitous breaks. I think they're a good team. I think offensively they're great. I don't get the game plan. They have a running game they don't want to use. They want to throw it with... <laughs> they got Mike Williams Watson seventy times, but I don't know. Defensively, I have some questions. I see Clemson winning this game. I'll say a twenty-seven nineteen. That's pretty close. I don't <laughs> see that. Like really. a safety in there. Virginia Tech's good for some crazy, ridiculous safety conversion run back play. They did blow out Virginia last week. Not like that means anything. Fifty-two <laughs> points. They, 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 that was just their practice game for this game. Clemson. I just don't see this game being close. Virginia Tech is just, I just don't think they're a good team. They lost to Syracuse. They lost to Georgia Tech. They lost to Tennessee. 
it doesn't make sense to me. It's just crazy that this is the ACC title game. I thought this conference was going to be a lot better. And it's not. It's just terrible. And if Clemson loses, it gets shut out of the playoff. How crazy is that? Clemson, <laughs> which is crazy because Clemson, they beat Louisville when they were ranked three. They beat Florida State. That Pittsburgh loss hurts a lot, but they have the two wins. They beat Auburn. Yeah, I, does anything about Clemson worry you, though, going into a playoff? Like the Auburn game week one. Some terrible clock management in Auburn almost. They should have lost that game. game. Yeah, Clemson should have lost that game. How about Florida State, the end of that game? Also should have lost that could've game. Could have lost. NC State misses a field goal that would have won the game in regulation and unranked NC State. They got lucky. <laughs> They've been lucky this year, and I think they're going to win. It could be. You could be right. It could be a blowout, but... You can't be lucky going into the playoff against Alabama or even Ohio State. I just don't see You have it. to be good. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Clemson's going to win. I think I agree there. But, hey, a loss, and we got our craziest form of chaos yet. This If season. Clemson loses, the ACC is such a weak conference. They're shut they're out. They're out. They're out, yeah. Nobody moves And out. then you got three. Maybe Washington takes the L, like we've been saying the whole time, but they probably and won't. Colorado, get back Colorado, in the discussion. And then you got Michigan, Wisconsin, or Penn State. There's there's a lot that could happen here. Oh, a lot that could happen. We're going to look forward to it. Well, Joe Prasad, before I let you go, I want to look forward to some of the bowl games that aren't the playoff. And there's just three I have in mind in particular. So the Rose Bowl. It's always been Pac-12 versus Big Ten, and we expect that to stay the same. But this is an interesting year. Are we assuming that... Two Big Ten teams this year are going to go to the playoff. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, the one that gets left out, a Michigan in the Rose Bowl, that'd be pretty good. I'd go there. That's a 45-minute drive. Michigan-USC Rose Bowl. How about that? That's the best-case scenario. That would be insane. USC, does USC pass the loser of the Pac-12 title game in the final rankings? If you, The loser of this game, are they going to drop below SC? You said earlier in the show that that's that's how it's going to de- depend on it because Washington wins, they're in. So in this case, I guess I guess the answer to my question is USC needs Washington to win because if Colorado wins, they're going to be left out and playing the Rose Bowl. So think about that for what Colorado's playing for this weekend. They're playing for either a playoff or a Rose Bowl berth. <laughs> the freaking Colorado Buffaloes. I don't think Colorado <laughs> gets into the playoff. I think if they win, they'll. Like you said, they could be in the Rose Bowl. But I would much rather see USC versus Right, so that's Michigan. why I'm, I'm, now I'm talking myself into rooting for mm. Washington. Because yeah. the Rose Bowl could be Colorado-Penn State. <laughs> I'd watch that. Let's <laughs> get excited for that. No, there's a lot of scenarios oh, here. Just thinking about that game. You're going to get a Big Ten winner, or Michigan, depending on if two Big Ten teams go or if everybody holds serve, in the Rose Bowl. could be a fun game to watch. And the other game I want to talk about is the Sugar Bowl, because we're assuming it's going to be Oklahoma, which we think is going to win, or Oklahoma State, taking on the second highest-ranked SEC team, the highest-ranked SEC team not in the playoff. Who the hell is that going to be? They all have four losses in this conference. Auburn? Auburn. Auburn. I was going to say Auburn. We know Florida wins. The only problem with... If Florida wins, they're going to go, but come on. The only problem with Auburn is the season's over. And they still haven't decided who their starting quarterback is. James Franklin, last chance. James too. Franklin, Jeremy Johnson, Sean White got hurt, so now he can't be the quarterback. Or Nick Franklin, to, yeah. They go to the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> that <laughs> defense, it just stinks that they don't have a good, they don't have a quarterback because that defense is unreal. Tennessee defense. had their chance, they blew it, they're out. 
LSU? Is it possible that we could see an LSU team in there with four losses? I don't know. It's just hard for those teams yeah. that are in the SEC because this is why you I have hate, to play yeah. SEC teams, and they're all good. So your record seven and four is compared to like, like someone yeah. else being ten and eleven and one is the same. How many SEC? It's been a rough year for the SEC. A lot of teams in the second. It's been a terrible second half of the season. Texas A&M was looking hot. Tennessee was looking I hot. I thought Texas A&M was going to be the team to beat, but they just mm. took it. They just tanked Trevor Knight, and then they just. He goes down, and that ruins everything. Mm-hmm. So that's another one to watch. And that's why I really don't like bowl contracts. I, I don't like how it has to be a certain team from a conference. Certain years don't necessarily work out that way. Lastly, who do you think is going to... And we're, we're assuming, though, we didn't really preview this game. Would we like Navy to beat Temple in this game? Or do you think Temple wins and puts that to bed? That game is a toss-up for me. <laughs> AAC football. I think Navy. I watched... Because I watched... Navy play UConn, and UConn is one of the worst college football teams I've ever seen in my entire life. You're a UConn alum. And they barely won that game, so they, they run the that triple. That's that. Navy's got the best third-down offense, worst third-down defense in the country. That's where you want to be. And we penalized, but you know they're a military academy, so we assume that they're not doing anything stupid. Which uh, Baylor, by the way, is the most penalized team. Sounds about right. So we're assuming that Western Michigan... Or Navy is in that Cotton Bowl. Who would you want to see them play? Be the come to Jesus moment for for Western Michigan. Who do I want to see Western Michigan play? Who gets? Who would you put in the Cotton Bowl if you were the bowl commissioner? If you had to pick one of those teams, it's not going to make the playoff. It could be a team a little lower even. Is there any one of those teams that catches your eye to see them play in a big big power bowl against a team that hasn't really played anyone this year? I guess whoever whoever loses that. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game, right? They could play. They could. I just, man, if we're not, and I don't know exactly how it works. Or West Virginia, maybe? We could be dead wrong, but if I'm looking at this, my number one scenario to saving it in bowl season is if Colorado wins and they go to the Rose Bowl, put Washington or SC in that game. Put put that that there. You know who I like watching? SC against them would be amazing to watch for like a quarter. You know who I like watching this year? I like watching Utah. So if I could see them in their awesome mountain jerseys. Yeah. That would be yeah. sweet. There's some choices there. How about this, though? If we, want to, if we want to attract fans to this game, put Louisville in there. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Huh? I don't want to get started. Louisville. Know, the Kentucky, though. But. When I saw that Louisville-Clemson game, I, wanted, I was like, this needs to be a playoff game. I want to watch this later again because it was that good. Watching Lamar Jackson against Deshaun Watson yeah. was just insane. The fact that Louisville, they lost to Kentucky last week, just killer. Awful. Well, we're going to have to monitor it one more week, the Army-Navy game, and then we go on to bowl season, playoff picture. Should be fun. Well, Joe Crisali, thanks for coming on the Money Mitch Effect and chopping it up. Always fun to be here. Special thanks to Joe Crisali for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. And who knows, in a few years from now, if this show's still going on, Maybe UConn football is right in the discussion of the playoff picture. Probably not, but we'll stay optimistic for Joe's sake. All right, now it's time to talk to Adam Musto. We look at what the Cowboys and Vikings game was like this past evening, with the Cowboys winning their 11th straight game. We recap that. and look ahead to week 13, look at some playoff picture implications and the betting lines. A lot of previews, a lot of picks here. It's Adam Musto on the Money Mitch Effect. Here it is.
right, now it's time to talk NFL. Joining me on the show, Adam Musto, third time on the show, first time in person. Thanks for joining the Money Mitch Effect. Absolutely, thanks for having me. We're getting ready for another big week of football week 13. It's a win for me for a lot of reasons. The Browns aren't playing, so that's pretty cool. They can't lose this week. We're really getting down into it now. We're really getting down to the final weeks of the season. The playoff picture is taking shape. We'll start with a quick recap. We're doing this on a Thursday night, Adam, and the Cowboys just beat the Vikings 17-15 to in a game that was closer than a lot of people thought. This is my impression of this game. We've been waiting for the Dallas clunker for the game where they didn't play well, the rookies underperformed, it was just an ugly game. It happened on a Thursday night, but they still won it. <laughs> That's how I'm going to look at this team. They're winning games that they're not supposed to. Now 11 straight wins, 11-1 and one on the season. Yeah, and that's really all that matters is getting the win. And there's so many different ways to look at it. I mean, you know, you could say maybe it was a moral victory for the Vikings. Going into it, obviously, it was tough circumstances not having your coach. Um, and, you know, the injuries continue to mount up for for Minnesota. But this was definitely a game that they needed. And, yeah, I think they kind of had Dallas in a somewhat vulnerable situation if they were really want to, if they wanted to be contenders in the playoffs. And so that's what we're going to see in the next, you know, this Sunday and then going forward is just – there's a lot of teams that are really inconsistent in the NFL. Um, I'd say so. <laughs> some more than others. I mean, you can really go down the list. And teams that will definitely be in the playoffs. So, you know, I was kind of joking with some people that maybe we won't probably know until maybe the divisional round or even the conference championships who's really for real and who's for not. And, um, you know, teams go on streaks. You know, you have Kansas City and, and Miami that are hot and Oakland. But the, I think the real factor is this, that scare factor. Who are you afraid to play in the playoffs? And really there's not, and especially now with uh, Rob Gronkowski getting injured and being out a while for the Patriots, I don't know if there's that many teams in the NFL that scare people. As far as the Cowboys go, they're one of the few teams left that can you know, produce that scare factor. Not everybody's going to play well on the regular season game. The Thursday night law is good for the color rush. <laughs> it does produce. <laughs> this was a good, well, I mean, I wasn't huge on the Vikings, yeah. but the, the yellow and the the purple colliding, but obviously it's a classic cowboy nineteen. Oh, people great. think a little, a little giants all the way, right? Oh yeah, that's uh, you know, who is it? Spike, Spike, no play with girls. <laughs> yeah, I I thought the Cowboys showed us a lot of grit in this game. It wasn't their best, but they won. They move on. The Giants are lurking, so they. It's not like they can completely coast. They have a team that's formidable right behind them that has beaten them on the season. Minnesota six and six. Not out of it yet. I, I still don't trust the Lions completely mm-hmm. down the stretch. Green Bay could be heating up. If Peterson comes back, I still think there might be time here. They're probably going to have to win all four games to do it. I don't know that that happens, but 9-7 and seven could get you that second wild card. Yeah, it's very possible. And, yeah, the North is – and it's frustrating for me as a Bears fan because I, you know, I actually went into the season thinking the Bears – this was a year, not necessarily because their talent was there, but the schedule, you know, is pretty favorable. They ended up playing the AFC South, and obviously the NFC East is a lot better than it was last year, but that was their matchup. You know, last year it was kind of a tough division, and a division that usually, you know, you have to beat the Packers a couple times and maybe win 12, 13 games to win. Now the Lions could end up being 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six and taking it. It's a lot like 2014. Uh, the Lions had a chance... I think it was Schwartz's last season. They they slid at the end of the year. Right. The uh, Packers ended up beating the Bears in Week 17. To I think they were eight, seven, and one, and won the division. I do remember that game. That was when Rodgers missed a lot of the season. Exactly. Yeah, and it was. Powerful. Yeah, it's like everything has to. You know, either to take down the Packers in the in that division, either Rodgers has to be injured 
or, you know, he's got to be in a slump, which he's kind of doing now. But, you know, I, he would definitely be – obviously they don't have as much around him with defense and, and running backs and, you know, wide receivers and stuff. And the Bears swept by the AFC South. Yeah. It was, <laughs> That's uh, incredible. You brought that up. I couldn't believe it. And it's only happened three times since the division became a division. Yeah, I was kind of looking back, and, you know, the Bears joined some pretty dubious company. So the AFC South is a very – you know, it would be nice if you were in that division and get to play the Jaguars and the Texans and the, the Titans uh, a couple times a year. So the last team to be swept from the NFC for, by that division was the 9 Rams. They finished 1-15, uh, and 15, and then the year before the 0-16 Lions got swept by everybody. Included. And that was actually when the AFC South was pretty good. I think that was the Titans going 13-3. They got swept yeah. by everybody. They didn't win a game that year. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And, look, I, I think we'll get into the Bears this week. Tough times to have with Barkley as a starter. A lot of injuries. We could talk about real football teams. It's fine. <laughs> the Bears don't want to win a game. I mean, no. they, they love dropping passes in the end zone and stuff. So. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> tough to watch from an outsider. I can only imagine what it was like for you. Uh, as a fan, but as far as tonight's game go, Cowboys win again, Vikings 6-6, six and six. and Zimmer, we wish him a speedy recovery on the retina surgery. They had three coaches tonight that were sharing the head coaching duties. It was weird. They had the uh, special teams Mike guy, Pfeiffer. was pretty much the head coach, mm-hmm. but the D and, and offensive guy, like a three-man system. I just wanted to see, on a penalty, if they disagreed. Right, they right. Yeah, you know? challenges. Yeah, There's probably a lot of stuff there. A lot of disagreements. Yeah. How we break this up. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, going back to the Cowboys and kind of joking about the Bears, but it, it, there is something to be said about being able to finish a game and maybe win a game that you're not supposed to win and being able to steal one. I remember, you know, the... The, the Cowboys, I feel like, have, have not, not that there's anything wrong with it, but there is a big difference between teams that can close it out. And, you know, it's not like in baseball or hockey where you're kind of on a long road trip and maybe you could win 66% of your games or something, but you're supposed to show up every single game in, in football. And, and the Cowboys, it might not be pretty all the time, but if you just keep stacking the wins together, you know, it'll probably be more weeks of rest yeah. going forward. Obviously, they have a big matchup with the Giants coming up for the, that division. Was that a Seinfeld? Not that there's anything wrong with that. that <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I say, I say, like they steal a game. Yeah, no, I. I but see yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. It's true. Wins a win. It doesn't have to be pretty. You see that in other sports all the time. But the Cowboys, eleven straight. Man, hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're gonna pick some games this Sunday, this Sunday into Monday, the Week Thirteen slate. Some interesting ones. We do have some bye weeks still. I mentioned the Browns and the Titans are off. That's it. Anybody else off doing that? Uh, not that games? I guess. I mean, is this the last week of buys? This is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thirteen. Yeah. The end of bye weeks. But there are some pretty big games on the slate, and per this show, Adam, which I don't think you've done yet, we do three categories to start off our round of picks. It's a lock, a game that you think one team is definitely going to win, no questions asked. A game closer than the experts think, and the upset pick straight up, an underdog is going to win outright. So knowing that, who's your week thirteen lock? So the one that kind of surprises me, but I think that Arizona will beat Washington. Um, <laughs> Living dangerously, Cardinals lock. Yeah, I uh, the Redskins has taken me a while to get on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon, and I don't know if the Cardinals have as much to play for, but I think they're a pretty solid team, and, and I just don't know if the Redskins' formula is sustainable for the long term. The Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home in this game. I mean, there's a lot of funky lines this week. We'll get into it. If Arizona winning this game would not surprise me one bit, I don't know that I would go lock. But when I look at this game, if there is ever a time for the Cardinal offense to snap out of its rut, it's against that Redskins defense. It's been getting gashed left and right, even in games that they've won. Mm-hmm. Their defense has been getting lit up. Cousins, I like what he's doing. He, he's thrown for a lot of yards, but the run game's still shaky. It's not consistent. 
There's got to be enough resolve left in that Carl defense to finally say enough is enough at home and get this win. They're desperate. The playoffs are probably over, but I got to think there's too much pride in Arizona to lose this one. Yeah, I think um, you know Bruce Arians has, has built a lot with the Cardinals over the last few years, and you know we were talking earlier about the Cardinals of the '90s. They've really come a long way now. Um, and yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, it's kind of funny because there's a few games that the outcome probably seems kind of obvious, and then you're looking at it, and you know teams are favored which you wouldn't really expect. But I think it just kind of goes to kind of a little bit of the lack of, you know, some inconsistency um, with some teams and, and feeling out, can I trust this team to win week or just to really show up? And, you know, I think a lot, there's a lot of teams that you just don't know what team you're going to get from week to week. I completely agree with you on that. My lock, and I am apologize if I'm stealing one of yours, I could go Patriots over Rams, but that's too easy. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the Rams in a second, but that's just way too easy even with the Gronk injury. I don't even know if this 13.5-point line will move that much given the games in Foxborough against a bad team. I'm going to go Green Bay over Houston at Lambeau. And this is a two-part, a two-parter. Green Bay finally got off the losing schneid last week. The offense still looks good. The defense has issues. But those issues aren't going to be solved by Brock Osweiler. It's <laughs> just not going to be the guy to do it. I haven't seen a team, Adam, about the Texans a team at the top of their division in such a quarterback crisis mode with all the whispers about how bad Osweiler is and they're still at the top of the division, even you know the Rex Grossmans and, and uh, the other guys that have been at the top of bad teams. And even losing J.J. Watt, I mean, that was the focal part of their defense. But Man, this play. passing attack can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long it can last. They're in danger of losing this division. Well, the good thing is they're in the AFC South and they can beat up on bad teams, which they've done, but... I like Green Bay here. I think Rodgers is going to keep it going. He's struggled somewhat, but he was he was throwing great while they were getting lit up on D. Clay Matthews is back, hopefully, to stay in it. I like Green Bay here. Yeah, I think it's always hard to pick against the Packers, and it's kind of funny. I think these two teams probably want a little bit of what the other ones have. Green Bay struggle, struggles with defense, and, and the Texans, if you know they had a more consistent quarterback, I think they could be really dangerous. Obviously, they're losing Watt and other injuries have, have stacked up, but but uh, they have some pieces there, and obviously, you know they're in a, a very formidable division for what they need to do. Yeah, I just think a desperate Green Bay team. Houston loses; they're still <laughs> right in the thick of the right in the mud with all the other AFC South teams. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to go down to the wire with those three teams. I really do, but I like Green Bay here to keep that North race interesting. Put the pressure on Detroit. Still talking with Adam Musso on the Money Mitch effect. All right, now it's time for your game. You think it's going to be closer than the experts think. If you have one in mind, in yeah. that regard, what is it? Of course. So looking at the schedule, I think the game that will be a lot closer than people think will be Denver-Jacksonville. Um, oh. You know, Jacksonville is, they've struggled a lot, but I think they have some pieces there. And, and Blake Bortles, you know, I, I don't think he's he I want to hear this. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> You know, talking about finishing, that's where he kind of struggles, and it's always the tough interceptions. But he could really sling the ball throughout the field. So maybe the first 45, 50 minutes of that game, you see a shootout, and I think Denver definitely has the ability to finish the game strong. I'll say a couple things on this. This is strategically a good pick. If you're breaking down a formula for how games can be close, injury to a quarterback, tough gut-wrenching loss the week before, kind of hungover coming into the game, a little sleepy to start. But it's Jacksonville. <laughs> like, that's what I keep coming back to. Like I, I'm with you up until the point where it's the Jaguars that are 2-9 and nine mm-hmm. that have been a train wreck. Bortles still doesn't have a win this, in his career when he threw for 300 yards. 
Uh, how is how are they get? They, they are probably <laughs> in a, in a one eighty just what the doctor ordered for this situation. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think the the Jaguars. Um, we've always had. I think starting this year, there were a lot of people's sleeper pick to come out of nowhere, and and people thought they saw what Blake Bortles did last year and said, well, why wasn't he a Pro Bowler? But the numbers now, I feel like, are so inflated that it's very easy for someone to throw three hundred. I mean, it used to be a three hundred yard game was a big performance. Now right. it's you know Matt Barkley threw for three hundred yards for the Bears. <laughs> yeah, we know what that means. Yeah. yeah. So the weapons aren't aren't huge there, but you know it's the NFL, and I think anything can happen. And the Broncos might still be reeling a little bit from last week's loss against Kansas City, and and might be in a little bit of shell shock mode from that as well. I I think some teams come off a loss handling it well. You know, the Patriots are a tough team to beat back-to-back weeks, but this might be a little different. We'll see. Paxton Lynch didn't look so good his first game when he played against the Falcons in a reserve role. Now we're going to see what he does as a starter coming up playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. My pick, and there's a few of them that I had in mind. Some of the lines, like I said, were a little weird. You had teams uh, that were favored that shouldn't be, but I'm going to go in the true upset fashion. I think a closer game than experts think is a Sunday night game. Seattle's a touchdown favorite over Carolina. Carolina is going to give them a game. They gave Oakland a game. The Seahawks are reeling. Their offensive line can't block anybody. There are some major issues. Rawls, is he healthy? What's the running game look like? And defensively, while they can bounce back from giving up plays, they can still give up plays. We saw it against Tampa Bay. I thought about picking this as my upset, but I still think the Seahawks, too much talent, too much of a home field advantage. I think they squeak one out late, but this is going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the Panthers still have a lot of the, the talent left over from last year's Super Bowl team. But yeah, they've, they've struggled. It's kind of bizarre how you know these teams that were really good last year, the Arizona Cardinals, you can lump in there as what well. What do you think it is with Carolina? And I should point out that these two teams always play each other tough. Mm-hmm. But the, with Carolina this year, games that they've lost, I should say there's a lot of close games that they've lost that they won last year in similar situations. What's been the difference? What's been the reason why they're not coming out on the right end of the stick this time? Yeah, it's bizarre because last year their defense was so good. I mean, they were arguably one of the best defenses. Obviously, Denver was up there too, but historically good defense, and you think that's kind of a sustainable thing. So I don't know if it's just playing with the target on the back. I mean, one odd thing, I know last year they had a lot of that swagger, which a lot of people kind of rub people the wrong way, and I feel like it's not there as well, but... Yeah, it's easier to dance when you're 15 and one. Yeah, of course, and and it is funny, you know, because that was kind of the knock. If you go back where we were a year ago or two years ago before the 15 and one Panthers, the knock on Cam Newton was he would put up the numbers, but they weren't really winning as much, and it wasn't as many of the the meaningful games and stuff. So for some reason, he's kind of regressed back to that role, and yeah, it's just not finishing, and something isn't clicking. I feel like they kind of. You know, I don't know if it's just people are more motivated to beat them exactly, but you know they, they've struggled closing out games for sure. Yeah, and I would put it like a house of cards. A little bit slipped in a lot of areas, and that all added up. The secondary is mm-hmm. not as good. The line's struggling a little more. Kelvin Benjamin hasn't exactly fit in back on the offense. Cam's not quite as good, and he covered up a lot of their mistakes last year, a lot of the, uh, the weaknesses, so... I think they can give Seattle a game, though. I'm interested to see what the Seahawks look like. Still the two seed. <laughs> Somehow, it's 7-3-1, still the two seed. But It's a good year. It's a good year to be a mediocre team in the NFL. <laughs> it really is. It is. So, all right, now it's time for your upset pick. Who do you have winning outright an underdog? 
hand on business this week. Yeah, so I think the uh, the Bengals will upset the the Eagles. You know, maybe not a huge upset, but obviously the Eagles are, are struggling. And the Bengals are in a tough situation with uh, losing A.J. Green and Gio Bernard. But I think that they're motivated for Marvin Lewis. And, you know, I'm interested to see how Carson Wentz kind of finishes the season. There was so much hype about him the first few weeks, and he's kind of cooled off. But I think the Bengals' defense is still pretty tough, and they're going to they're gonna harass the rookie a little bit. Yeah, the Eagles, to me, are a team that really overachieved early, took advantage of a, of a poor schedule and, a team, and teams not thinking that they were going to be any good whatsoever. It's kind of caught up to them. Their defense was outperforming you know, all advanced metrics. It, it was kind of improbable. You wondered how they were that well. Jim Schwartz is a good coach, but mm-hmm. is he making that much of a difference? I think they're starting to come back to earth. They don't have playmakers around Wentz, and you're starting to see it get to him a little. I think he's going to be a great pro quarterback, but the skill position guys, if, if Sproles isn't going off, what else do they really have that scares you? Uh, that's where I think they are there. I don't hate this upset pick, but I do have a tough time trusting the Bengals to keep their heads, to play disciplined football. I'm just waiting for Burfecht to get kicked out of the league <laughs> at this point, yeah. and I think it's going to uh, happen every week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely not. I mean, maybe people kind of forgot a little bit of what happened last year in the Steelers game. It's been a while. People's memories get a little fuzzy, but now it's he's back on uh, people's minds. You know, he's got an interesting story. Obviously, his draft stock tumbled and didn't get drafted. His coach stuff, didn't give him a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a big part of it. I mean, obviously, it's one thing to have the talent, but you have to find a way to be on the field, you know, whether, mm-hmm. and, and some people just can't do that. One last thing on the Bengals. Do you think there's any chance after this year that they look in another direction at quarterback. Well, it sounds like A.J. McCarron is going to be a pretty hot commodity in the free agent market, him and Garoppolo. So I don't know if that's something the Bengals want to give up. You know, it's kind of odd this year. Obviously, you had the years and years of making the playoffs, and now that was kind of almost like a foregone conclusion that the Bengals were going to be in the playoffs. And now I think people were kind of shocked that they're not. So it would be tough, I think, just because there's so few high-quality quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that, obviously, you know, it's a tough situation where there's not enough confidence instilled in you knowing that there might be someone better. But then, you know, you might end up putting your franchise back five years, staying with a guy that is just kind of going to get you to a certain plateau and and not reach higher than that. So, I mean, maybe someone... I I don't know if there's anyone in the draft that's really going to be that big of a difference maker. Um, but I would definitely look long and hard before just kind of, kind of cutting A.J. McCarron loose and, and really figuring out. And maybe that's, you know, maybe they do have an opportunity now to give him some work. Obviously, with the injuries they've had, there's maybe not as much of a risk. Obviously, they're not going to want to just bench Dalton, and there's no reason to necessarily bench him, but but just kind of see what you have with exactly. him. Exactly. I think it's worth looking at. Something to monitor. This is going to be what, what direction do the Bengals go in, in a lot of ways. Something to check out. Money Mitch Effect with Adam Musto. Now it's time for my upset pick. I'm not going with the Rams. I'm going to go Chiefs over Falcons in Atlanta. Four and a half point underdogs are the Chiefs. I like this team a lot. This isn't necessarily a knock on Atlanta. I think the Chiefs play a good style of football that can be effective on the road. They don't make too many mistakes. Tyreek Hill's turning into a star. That was an electrifying run. That had our hey. fastest next-gen stats. He reached like over 22 miles an hour on the run. Unbelievable. You know, he was the first guy to do the three different ways of scoring, uh, return, receiving, and rushing since the great Gale Sayers. Interesting. I did not know that. That was uh, a big uh, big stat commodity there. First time someone did that in the same game since Gale Sayers. Mm-hmm. He's good. 
Andy Reid has found a system that works on offense, and the defense, especially the secondary, is great. How Justin Houston's back being oh, yeah, a force. For sure. I don't know that the Falcons are that good. I think they're all right. I think they're battle tests. I think this is going to be a dogfight. They can lose at home, though. Not the best home field advantage. I like the Chiefs here. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup because, I mean, I would say I would probably rather have Matt Ryan over Alex Smith, all things being the same. And Julio Jones, well, I mean, Hill will give him a run for his money, but maybe before last week, Julio Jones was hands down the most electrifying player on the field for this game. But, yeah, they've struggled to put it together. I do kind of like Atlanta, um, but... Give the Chiefs credit. They find a way to win games, and they don't do it in spectacular fashion. And I think Alex Smith has kind of molded himself into that game manager <laughs> role. But but it wins. It works. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it works in January and February. Um, and the Falcons are definitely a team that needs a win. If he's the game manager, he's the king of the game managers. <laughs> he's the lord of the game managers. That's probably the best way to put it. The running back injuries, Charles out. They still find a way to compete. Falcons can win this game if the running game gets going, if they can keep that defense honest with the Freeman, Coleman, Tevin Coleman now finally healthy, mm-hmm. and a budding star in Taylor Gabriel, of who course, another yeah, guy the Browns released. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about Travis Benjamin and all these guys. Yeah, yeah. Just, Willie Sneed. Yeah, a lot of good ex-Brown receivers that are finding their mark elsewhere. But this should be a heck of a game. One of the games I'm most excited to see. Yeah, I think this is a good like interconference game that both teams, I think... it. I don't know. Is it too early to say? Uh, I was going to say potential Super Bowl preview, but probably not quite. Maybe I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't go that far. But we'll move on to a few other games now. I want to get your quick thoughts on Bears, Niners, pick them. That's just perfect for these two teams. This is, no, seriously, there's a lot of draft implications on this game. Of course, and one of my the strongest things I've always felt as a fan is I've never bought into the notion that you should root against your team for a higher draft pick. It's just always been against what I've thought that you can openly root for your team to lose. But I feel like maybe, and correct, I don't know, I, I'm interested to know how people feel about this, but I think this is the one game Yeah, it might be you good You have a that. point here, because it's not a rivalry game. I mean, there's no historic Bears-Niners rivalry. And these are two teams late in the season directly competing for a draft pick. Yeah, I think... I'd if, make if, an exception. I'm like you, but I would make an exception here. I think this is... I'm pretty sure if the season ended today, the, the 49ers would have the second seed and the Bears would have the third seed. And also the way the tiebreaker works, if you lose to a team, you would end up having the higher pick. Exactly. You know, like, so the Bears lost to the Jaguars. They would therefore pick above the Jaguars if there's a tie there. I like the Niners in this game. Barkley is the quarterback in this game for the Bears. Not... Really had there are too many injuries for Chicago. And Kaepernick is playing well. He's giving them something with his legs. There's not going to be a lot of weapons in this game. That's mm-hmm. one of them. I'll take the team that has something more to offer. Yeah, you know, I've been somewhat confident in the last few Bears games, even going back, you know, to games against the Jaguars and, and the Titans and stuff. But this one just seems different. I feel like the Bears have a chance to win this game. I mean, they. I think they should win this game. I find it almost ironic because they've lost so many games. They've blown so many games this season. But... Uh, maybe this is one that would help their draft stock. You know, I was against it, but it ended up kind of helping the Cubs, you know, kind of going through two years, and then you end up getting, you know, Chris Bryant in the draft. because the Blackhawks. Exactly, yeah, with Kays and Tane. It worked. Uh, wow, Kane and Tane. Wow, <laughs> never done that before. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I think the bears Niners game it could have a lot to do with what the final draft order is, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you're touching the Browns. This could be the 2-3 Spots ironed out right here. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, and obviously it's been a while since the Bears have been this low, so I can't really think of a game that's been for this much stakes. I know, I, you know, I'm sure the Buccaneers. I think they kind of blew a second half lead to get Jameis Winston a couple of years ago and lock that in. Oh yeah, that wasn't that wasn't <laughs> scripted at all. <laughs> it's true. One of the more interesting lines this week switched to another game, Adam. 
Saints are playing the Lions in New Orleans. New Orleans is a six-point favorite. Now, they're a five-and-six football team. The Lions are now seven-and-four. But I like New Orleans in this game. I actually like the Saints to win and cover the spread. I don't, I'm still not sore on the Lions, as I said. And I mentioned earlier this week, the Saints are my dangerous sleeper. Probably t- too short to make the playoffs, but definitely can cause some noise with their offense down the road. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say about the Saints is I feel like they... I think the reason that the line is like this is because... They have all the experience, obviously, Drew Brees, future Hall of Famer, he's won a Super Bowl, and they're, they're always still that dangerous team, That, but you just still never know what they're really capable of, and and I think they probably will beat the Lions, but but I think that they're starting to maybe lose some credibility. I feel like they've, they've always been given an advantage over the last few years because of the experience. But the Lions are definitely a tough team to pick, but the Lions need this game. They, they've had so many opportunities going back the last five years to really put a stamp on the division. You know, they ended up doing it when they beat the Packers at Lambeau last year. But these are the signature wins. The Lions haven't had a whole lot in their franchise, and it's just nice to maybe, if you end up going into the playoffs, going in with some momentum and really proving like we belong here. Lions just need a running game. It's getting borderline comical mm-hmm. how they cannot run the football. The Saints might not be the team to make them pay for that, but with how their offense is going with the passing attack, with Michael Thomas, with Willie Sneed, with Cooks, with, I mean, Cooks has been struggling recently, but there's a lot of options on this team that's going to make a Lions defense that, quite frankly, you know, they make big plays, but they're not statistically one of the best defenses in the league. I don't know. I, I do think the Lions have a chance here, and it's probably one that they need more. But if the Saints win this, they get back to 6-6 six and six and say, Atlanta, Tampa Bay lose. That division's not over for them. It could be... It could oh, yeah. be right in the thick of it, so there's a lot riding on it, and I think it could go either way. Yeah, and this might be a shootout because I think you know you have Stafford and Breeze, and those are guys that oh, yeah. seems like Two every Texas year. boys <laughs> want to just put on a show. Right? Yeah, I know they had a playoff game a few years ago against each other, and uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it could be you know maybe a thousand combined in tow yards. We might not see a punt. And I want to talk briefly. We're both picking the Patriots to beat the Rams. We're not, we don't even need to break down that. I'm glad the Rams are focusing on important things like. <laughs> banning Eric Dickerson from the sideline, not playing the uh, four-time Super Bowl champion Patriots. How does something like that escalate to the point it is? And I'm not saying that Fisher, or Demetrov, I should Mm -hmm. say, the GM, and Eric Dickerson are in the right or in the wrong for how they're handling it, but how does a situation like this get to this point where you have a Hall of Fame running back feuding with his franchise? You know, it's frustrating. There's just so many egos in sports, and you think that you could always put it aside for the greater good, and obviously I think hands down when the Rams went back to L.A. it was always Eric Dickerson there. I mean, I'd be curious to know who sold more jerseys this year, whether it was Dickerson jerseys or Todd Gurley jerseys. Mm-hmm. But the egos, I don't understand it. It's And I've seen it, you know, my experience, there was some fighting with Michael Jordan and Jerry Krause versus... Phil Jackson, this might be a little different. And then, you know, you go back to the 85 Bears, they only won one Super Bowl. They probably could have won two or three, but there was a lot of fighting between players. And 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 it's weird. It, it happens like that. There was, I think, the, the Cowboys uh, in the 90s, and there was another time where, you know, the owners want celebrities on the field, but the coaches say, hey, let's just focus on football. Let's not worry about all the distractions. And it's hard to find a constant voice for the team, you know, the the coach might be very conservative and rigid and just, you know, want to focus on the game where the owners are more into the show pony show or, you know, the, the yeah. pony show and, and make it more of an event. And, and, you know, you do get some bizarre stories where alumni don't feel welcome. And 
he's meant so much. I'm sure, I'm sure the fan, you know, I'm sure if you took a poll of the fans, they would love to have Eric Dickerson on, on the sideline. As so. opposed to Jeff Fisher on their sideline. Of line. course, yeah. And, and, you know, they said, well, it was because he was critical of a team, but, like, what of the team, but what, what is he supposed to be? You know, it's not... Yeah, I think, I, I think it's partly both their faults. I think Fisher... He can play this day to day. I'm I'm only there, but he knows what's going on, and he had something to do with. Okay, you need to tone it down or or not be on our sideline. It was probably a GM's call. That sounds more likely, and I don't want this to sound like I'm defending Eric Dickerson because he's kind of an egomaniac mm-hmm. himself. He's opinionated. He's one of the few players that doesn't want to see his records broken. <laughs> but let's cooler heads prevail. Can we please just get along and try to <laughs> help out the next generation of Rams players? Because that's what the city wants. That's what the one thing all these guys agree on is they want the Rams to succeed. And of this course. is not helping them. And you're going to play the standard bearer for excellence and for organization. The standard in the NFL. You're about to play them and you're a mess distracted by other things. So mm-hmm. we'll just, again, we'll see if this gets better. I'm hopeful. We're LA residents now. We <laughs> right. need it to get better. And, uh, well, you know, Eric Dickerson, he, uh, I think if you're an ambassador for the team, you might have an obligation to just want, you know, if you are a former member, you obviously want to see your team do well and you never really want to trash them. But there gets to a point if you're frustrated, you can't just, you know, sugarcoat everything and pretend that everything is, is perfect. Totally agree with that. I've seen that with the Bears. <laughs> yeah, it's so. true. The two afternoon games, the Money Mitch Effect with Adam Musto, as we finish wrapping up the NFL Week 13 preview, two other afternoon games in addition with Three other afternoon games, I should say, in addition to the Washington and Arizona game that we talked about. You have Buffalo, Oakland, you have Tampa Bay, San Diego, and you have the Giants, Pittsburgh. And in that order, are there upsets here? Are any of these three favorites, the home favorites, in danger of losing? I would say Buffalo has a real chance to upset Oakland. And, you know, it's funny because I've never really been a big proponent of Buffalo. I feel like, I mean, they're a small market city, and I, I haven't seen them in a long time live up to the hype. You know, whether it was signing Drew Bledsoe in 2002 or just, I feel like every year they play the Patriots, it's, you know, Rex Ryan versus the Patriots and you expect a big game and, and, you know, the Patriots end up just kind of sweeping it, doing it pretty easily. And a lot of it depends on how effective Derek Carr is, but I think the Raiders are still a team that they've, they've overachieved this year. I think, you know, the, the talent is there, but I don't know if they can consistently string it together all the way through the playoffs and, you know, Buffalo has a chance. It's funny because... In all these games, you only have one real traditional good team versus mediocre bad team home favorite, and it's this one, which you said there would be an upset. And I think I agree with you. I think Buffalo is more likely to win than the other two because I think there's still some question marks with Oakland. Their defense can have the ball moved on. The secondary is not good, but Buffalo's passing attack's not good, so mm-hmm. something's got to give yeah. there. Uh, I do think that the Raiders are going to have their Dallas Cowboy-like game tonight where they don't play that well. They've built up enough a lead. But Kansas City, you know, the Kansas City's getting hotter. You know, Denver's still going to work. I, they're not out of the woods yet. I think this could be a game. It's funny, none of us said the Giants in our upset or closer than the, even closer than the experts think as a six-point underdog on the road at Pittsburgh, as much as I'd like to see the Steelers lose every time they play. I, yeah, we're both not buying the Giants, I think. They, they've kind of been sleepwalking through the season. This just has the makings, in my opinion, of Eli has a bad game, they lose by 30. <laughs> yeah, this is a game, you know, my dad and I, we kind of pick the game just for fun against each other. And, and looking at this game, I, you know, I'm still racking my brain at, to figure out what's going to happen. And that's obviously what Sunday's for, to figure it all out. But yeah, Pittsburgh obviously has the talent, but they haven't 
showed it all season, and, and the Giants are winning games in pretty unspectacular fashion against sometimes unspectacular teams. You're, you're waiting for the fall to happen because against a formidable team like Pittsburgh, I think it might be kind of tough. Pittsburgh's hot and cold, but if they're on, the Giants aren't. It could be very ugly. Mm-hmm. And the other game, San Diego is like my rival to New Orleans in the AFC, in the AFC version of New Orleans. I, I think they're just in a tough division. I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be tough to play. Tampa Bay, still not sold on them. If Jameis and Evans aren't clicking, I don't know how this team moves the ball. And Rivers can put up numbers. I think he's going to have a good day. I like the Chargers here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're still waiting for, you know, the all the reviews on, on Winston is he's great. And, you know, he, his football IQs are, IQ is off the charts. But for some reason, it's just not translating to wins exactly. There's only one. I mean, there, there's very few people. They're Tampa Bay fans or Florida State fans that are just holding on to the Davis is better than Mariota argument. <laughs> Can we? We're, we're both outsiders. No one's saying that in football circles. Mariota looks better right now. He just won Player of the Month in November. Yeah, yeah, I think he, you know, he's grasped grasps things pretty well. I mean, time will still tell. I don't know who will have the the better. Right, well, but I mean, right now it seems like he's picking it up, and and the mistakes are just really killing Winston. And you know, Mike Evans is an amazing receiver. I think he just top five. Yeah, his third straight one thousand yard season to start a game. There's only been four or five receivers that have begun a career like that. I think people are starting to realize maybe that's why Johnny Manziel was so so good in college. <laughs> But yeah, I think as a leader of men, the wins have to translate. And that's kind of what we saw with Andrew Luck as a rookie, leading the team to the playoffs and overachieving. And, you know, I think you saw that in the Kansas City comeback where he just refused to lose. And our last Sunday game that we need to talk about, very interesting one, our pretender contender ball, I think, Baltimore-Miami. One of these teams is going to have a very big win, go into the next week with some momentum. And the other is going to be... Having the same questions uh, arose about them. Baltimore, three and a half point favorite at home. I like the Ravens here. I, <laughs> I might be singing this. This might be my hill to die on that Miami is not that good. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go Ravens here. I think they're, well, I like the job Adam Gase is doing. I think Harbaugh knows his bunch. I think they can win. The running game's getting better. I like Baltimore. Yeah, I the quarterback quarterback matchup, I would take Joe Flacco seven days a week over, yeah. over Tannehill. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's weird they haven't pieced it together. They started off very hot and have have cooled. And some yeah, something about the the Dolphins winning streak. You know, the last two games against the Rams, it doesn't seem real yet. So you know they and it's funny because these teams sometimes the team starts off well. You know, five and zero, six and zero, and it's like all right, show us something. This streak is kind of coming at the end of the year, and. You know, as a lifelong, not maybe lifelong, but as a longtime Patriots hater, I always kind of root for other AFC East teams to knock them down. But it just doesn't seem, you know, it seems a little hollow for the Dolphins. And I'm wishing them well, but I think it'll be pretty tough. Yeah, if they beat Baltimore, though, I might have to start changing my tunes. That'd be an important road victory, mm-hmm. not one that they can just slide by on. And the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, Colts at Jets. Colts, two and a half point favorites on the road. Jets in a state of free fall disarray with... Fitzpatrick's still back there. Colts are going to get Andrew Luck back, we're pretty sure. Colts still alive somehow and probably in the AFC South race. How do you see this shaking out? Obviously, the the quarterback position is huge. I think that Darrell Rivas is very vulnerable. Um, yeah, I saw a report today. Yeah, I saw a report today. You know, I don't know how to trust it exactly, but one of his confidants said, He's mentally checked out. I don't know if it means he's going to retire at the end of the year, but he, he wants I think he'll just switch to safety. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen. I think he could have the Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson, somebody other than a Woodson last yeah. name. But you know what I'm trying to say, like a nice 
career. Was Ronnie Lott a guy? Did he switch? He was a safety though. Okay. But I, you know, he'll lose the speed, but he could still be a factor. Mm-hmm. It's not an island anymore. And the Colts' offense with Luck without are so different. The line's not good, but he can make things happen. Him and Hilton still have connection, and while their defense is pretty porous, is Ryan Fitzpatrick really going to be the guy to take advantage of it? I like the Colts, and I like them staying alive uh, in the AFC South race. also should point out that the running joke, standing bet, that I don't know if you've heard about, was Chris Miller was on this podcast show with your friend, and he said that if the Colts, he was so confident the Colts wouldn't win the Super Bowl that he'd wear his uh, wife's dress to work. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready for that if that happens. <laughs> If the Colts win, win the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Okay. Well, now I'm going to become a Colts fan. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> wow. But no, back to the game itself. I'd like to see the Jets put a, a bigger product on the field. I do think, though, that they're probably upset, too. They're a bad team. There's worse teams. They can't even tank. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I don't know if there's that many players in the draft this year that, you know, there's no Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning that might necessarily be worth someone that you could definitely guarantee, you know, be pretty successful for the next 10, 15 years. So one final word with Adam Musto. What are you looking forward to this week? We're, there's only a few left. We're getting almost to playoff time. What's the one thing you're hoping to see or look forward to this weekend? You know, I think it's something kind of a little bit special about football. And it's funny, uh, Dave Damashek, when he was previewing the Ohio State-Michigan game, he just kind of said it as a side, and I, I thought about it, but you just talked about the gray skies of a college atmosphere and just like fall and winter and like that's really football season. I think we kind of see that now, you know, those late three o'clock games, the weather and and hopefully there's some, yeah, you know, teams are starting to get a little bit more desperate and, and stuff. So I think there's been a lot of mediocre teams in the NFL this season for whatever reason. So I'm just kind of looking forward to teams really emerging and showing who they really are and making a run at the playoffs and really say, saying, hey, we want to take this and run with it rather than Oh, we're just gonna do okay because we're in a mediocre division, and the team we're playing, you know, might not be, might not play as well. So, hopefully, teams start to prove themselves and, and make a run. Well said. I I think to take it a step further, I want to see those veteran leaders, the Brady's, the Roethlisberger's, even the Lux and, and Russell Wilson say, "All right, now it's time. Follow my lead. We're gonna go get this done." Mm-hmm. I think that's what we'll start to see, and we'll see some teams fade and some teams go the other way too. That's what makes the game great. Adam Musso, thanks for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. This is fun. We'll have to do it again uh, in person again, too. I added the whole new element to the show. Of course, anytime. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Adam Musso and Joe Crisali for coming on the show. A reminder that you can find all the episodes of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes by just searching the title. And I want to thank everybody again for all the listens, all the supports. We're really deep in the game now. 33 episodes. Our Larry Bird show was a success. Yes, I'm going to refer to all shows by their jersey numbers until we get to 100. Thank you for everybody listening. You can follow me at Twitter, MoneyMitchM21, for sports takes and much more. We have a couple shows planned for you next week. Some interviews on the slate that are going to be very exciting. You're not going to want to miss that. Thanks again for listening. It's Friday. Enjoy it. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy conference championship football. A lot to be decided. It's going to be fun. Make sure you enjoy every second of it. I'm Mitch Michaels. Thanks for listening again to the Money Mitch Effect. I'll see you next time.